0: Hello there. Is everybody ready? Step back. Relax. Kick your feet back. Take a break from the old world. Let old Uncle Boo here take your way to the number one podcast in the world today. Mmm. Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host with the most, Uncle Boo, baby. We're going to get down and ground. Most recognizable voice in podcasting today. Mmm. We're gonna get funky like a monkey on some tongue of greens, baby. Oh, yeah. Gonna get funky like a monkey all night long. Oh, yeah. Freak out. Freak out. How is everybody doing out there in the old borderline Texas trash podcasting community? Hope everybody's having a good time. Uh, been having a good week. Uh, if you're listening to this, you made it through. It's Friday. Hell, yes. Oh, I just love my Fridays. Oh, they're awesome. It'll be a good day. It's been a good week. Good, busy week. Jackson and kids have been busy doing their after school. Well, school's out. They've been doing their uh, extra stuff they do. Steph has been doing some uh, volleyball camps and stuff like that. Jackson's been doing a football camp and a baseball camp and stuff like that. So... Yeah, he's been doing good. Kids have been doing great. I'm good. I am here and I am in charge, baby. How's everybody? I hope you're fine. I am pumped up for the show if you can't tell. It took me five fucking takes to get this goddamn thing going, but I got it going, baby. I just couldn't talk at first. I kept going, This is uh the boat the butterline Texas. I just couldn't say shit. I was tripping. But I finally got it down, and I'm ready to do the show for you. And I just want to give a shout-out to everybody. And a big thank you to everybody who listens. Keep giving us some five-star reviews like you're doing, guys. I love it. They're doing great. Um, Keep downloading and hitting that subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel. But. Yeah, it's going good guys. I love the love that we're getting and uh you guys keep listening. Canada, you're downloading like a mother lover. You must really like us and we love you guys. But I really love doing that stuff, so I think it's all fine and dandy. Oh man, but I hope everybody's been having a good week. <laughs> I don't know I don't know. I just wanna ask a question. Is this I mean in my community, it's weird. There is a lot of places hiring, but nobody wants to work, man. I don't understand it. There's a shitload of jobs in my community. I just don't know if it's like that everywhere. So that's why I'm just like, huh. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. And it just keeps getting worse. But we'll save all that booby for the end of the showy. Well... And uh, I'm gonna do a little bit different on the format, change it up for a while, so I ain't doing the same old, same old all the time. Uh, Uncle Dicky's just gonna go back to doing once and one a month because he's been getting pretty busy, uh, and I'm still gonna do like my stupid news. Gonna finish up the Lucci, uh, Lucky Luciano uh, mob story today, or and some couple shows. Gonna do the back in history too, and. You know, I got some uh, dumb-eyed stuff not to get your father for Father's Day coming up. So, hope you guys have a great Father's Day coming up. Hope you get to go have a cookout or something with him. Yeah. I'm always messing with the kids going, what are you going to get me for uh, Father's Day? I think it's it's coming up weekend. Let me see. Okay, it's the 20th, which will be in 50 days, no. Oh, well, heck, let me until next weekend, not this weekend. So I got another show before Father's Day, but still, I'm going to be doing some, uh, you know, dumb father gift ideas, stuff like that. So yeah, we're going to change it up a little, a, little, a little for you, but I'll always keep the stupid news though. We got to see what the stupid folks doing. Okay, well, I guess we'll get this party started in here. Okay, gonna start out with some stupid old news, baby. The. Uh, uh, <coughs> an island off the coast of Brazil is way overpopulated with cats. It's always been like a cat island, they say. That's where people go and dump the cats, but they've always kept them. They've always been down to a minimum. They haven't been real bad, and they've never gotten real feral or anything like that. They've always, always been real nice cats and come right up to you on this island. But once, for some reason, once the COVID hit and all that, people started giving their cats away because they was afraid that they was going to get sick because of COVID, so they stuck them on this island, so now that's island off the coast of Brazil... It's populated very very bad with um, these dang cats so yeah they're populated pretty bad they say they've gotten really feral too they're getting kind of wild and they're getting diseases and stuff from the bugs that's biting them and stuff so they're trying to they send water and food over there for them but it's uh getting really overpopulated that's just sad though people thought that was gonna get sick from the covid coming from their cat or something so they give it away. All right, number 2, a drug dealer in Liverpool got busted by his photo on social fucking media. Well, these guy, the cops over there have never been able to land him on anything. They've never had any hard e- hard evidence. Whether well, they needed his fingerprint or something. Well, this dumbass took a picture of some cheese or something he was buying at a market there putting his dinner for the night they went to their um store bought that block of cheese because it he took a picture of it so they had the number and everything got it got his fingerprints off of it matched him with the uh, fingerprint in some crime that happened i don't know when and he got busted and thrown in jail like a dumbass see people don't think about that oh i'm just taking a picture of cheese what could happen Man, if I was wanted by the law or big time drug dealer, I would not have a Facebook page or an Instagram page or nothing like that. Dummies fucking retards that's what gets you in trouble. you dumbasses. Stay low under the radar okay, let's go to number three chocolate covered uh chocolate covered oh, excuse me, I had a I had a pipe chocolate covered. Chocolate-covered cicadas, a hit in a uh, Maryland shop. Yeah. They started selling these uh, chocolate-covered uh, Casey, Casey Casey dids, and uh, they're a hit. Everybody loves the uh, damn things. Them cicadas. That's just... Uh, why would... I mean, that's just... I don't know. I've never done it, so I'm not going to knock it. But, yeah, there's... You get, like, crickets dipped in chocolate and all this other stuff. So, yeah, it's I find that kind of weird. But, uh, you know, if you just had to eat that, I understand. But these people are paying for it. And which brings us to this one. The FOA, the the Food Something Association. I don't remember exactly what it said. But they said, do not eat the... uh, uh, Casey Dids. Oh, do not eat the uh, Casey Dids if you are allergic to seafood. <laughs> yeah, so if you're allergic to seafood, don't eat the uh, don't eat the uh, locusts. Because uh, supposedly if you're allergic to the seafood, you're going to be allergic to them and they will make you sick. That's good to know, because I was going to go to Maryland and get some of them uh, chocolate-covered bugs. (sighs) Sounds pretty yummy to me, baby. All right, I'm going to go with number five now. The New York's Time report of fields of watermelons are on Mars. Wow. Yeah, and they say the New York Post is a good fucking newspaper. Wow, I find that hard to believe. Because why do they know about it and nobody else? Are they saving the watermelons for their That's what they're doing. They're going to go up there, grab them son of a bitches, bring them back down here, amp up the price on them, and make a killing off of them. And they didn't have to do shit. Cheap bastards. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed my little stupid news there. Let's not forget now, uh, stupid news is always brought to us by Security Finance. If you need a loan or your tax done or something, go down and see my girl. Well, not my girl. My friend, uh, Carrie, at Security Finance here in Minerwells, Texas, baby. Go in there and tell them you heard this it's from uh, Borderline, Texas. Trash from Uncle Boo or Steven Booth. That's my real name, but don't tell anybody. Um. Tell them I sent you They'll hook you right up Taxes are probably like Should have done them already But if you need a loan or something Go check them out They'll do you good I've been doing my taxes there for God Over 10 years So Ah, I had to get some coffee (laughs) Okay We're gonna go over Lucky Luciano Okay now Where I left off he was... Uh, he got bit. Remember, he took out the two biggest guys in New York. He kind of became the big guy. And he was in charge of the five families of New York, including, you know, uh he was even the boss over Al Capone and the Cleveland outfit. He was pretty much the boss over everything. Well, then, you know, the bigger he got and all that, the more he came on him. He had prostitution uh houses and all that. Well, that's what got him in trouble. He was... uh running as uh whorehouses and the new um i guess sheriff and not sheriff but uh i don't know new da agent or something in new york at the time i think his name name was Meyer Linsky, making it trying to make a name for himself and he went after him and got him and that's what he got him on was his uh prostitution houses he had his whorehouses houses <laughs> got him in trouble and them whores were telling on him. Yeah, they was like, yes, he's the boss. He's the boss. So, yeah. Well, after all that, of course, he got put in jail. And he still managed to run his business behind bars. So, And he always tried to get out, and they never did let him. Until war broke out. So, when war broke out, the U.S. The, uh, government struck a secret deal... With the imprisoned uh, lucky luciano in 1942 the u.s office of naval intelligence was concerned about german and italian agents entering the united states through the new york waterfront they also worried about sabotage in the uh in these faculties knowing that la casa nostra controlled the uh, Waterfront, the United States military and the government contracted Meyer Lansky about a deal with Luciano. Yeah, Meyer Lansky—that's the guy who got him put behind bars—and then the government wanted to work a deal with Luciano. The uh, the two came together, and uh, basically, he uh, basically. The government came to him because he he ran the waterfronts. He was head mob guy, so he he ran the waterfronts. He knew what came in and came out of New York. So they wanted to keep a tight grip, but they knew they couldn't really do it with the mob controlling it, so they contracted... Basically, they uh, got the mob to uh take care of the waterfront for them and make sure nothing you know like that was happening or gonna happen so in exchange for them doing that they said okay we're that first day was like you want us to pay you and he's like no let me out of prison they said well we can't do that a 100 percent, but what we can do is just send you back to your mother home uh sicily i believe it was and he said, oh, "I guess that's better than nothing and he never he could never come back to the u s and which he never did until he died basically, and which is true. Ah, it's already getting a little sticky, baby okay on January reward the corporation." Okay. And uh, February, after the war and all that was done, on February 10th, 1946, Luciano was shipped, his ship sailed from Brooklyn Harbor for Italy. This was the last time he would ever set foot on the United States. On February 28th, after a 17-day voyage. God, could you imagine being on a boat that long? But, you know, you had to get over somehow. Well, it'd be the same flying, probably uh Luciano's uh, ship arrived in Naples on arrival Luciano reporters who would probably reside in, he, that he he told reporters he would probably reside in Sicily Luciano was deeply hurt about having to leave the United States a country he loved and considered the uh only love oh wait Luciano was deeply hurt about having to leave the United States, a country he had considered his own ever since he arrived at the age of nine. During the exile, Luciano frequently encountered U.S. military men and American Americans touring the uh, train trips in uh, Italy. Luciano also enjoyed these meetings and gladly posted for photos and signed autographs. See, that's cool as shit, man. You know? But still, at the end of the day, they were fuck. He was a mobster, man. All right, let's go to the Havana Convention. We see. Uh, I'll fill you in why he goes to Havana. All that he he's got gambling places down there, and not only that, he can. Uh, he runs his uh, heroin his heroin through Cuba before it gets to America or something. So that's another reason why he has ties down there. But on October in October of nineteen forty-six, Luciano secretly moved to Havana, Cuba. Luciano first took a freight from took freight from Naples to Venezuela, then flew to Rio de Janeiro. Then he flew to Mexico and doubled back to Costa Rica, where he piloted a plane to Cuba. Finally arriving on October 29th, Luciano was uh, then driven to Havana, where he moved into an estate in the uh, Miramar section of the city. And dude, he probably didn't have to do a muscle move and just grabbed his clothes and went because he had people doing it for him. That's crazy. Okay, Luciano's objective in going to Cuba was to be closer to the United States that he could resume control over America. Costa Nostra operations eventually returned to the United States Meyer Linsky was already established as established established as a major investor in Cuba. I'm sorry, Mayor Linsky wasn't the guy that put him in prison. That was his sidekick. My bad. Investors in Cuba, gambling and hotel projects. In 1946, Lansky called a meeting of the heads of the major crime families in Havana that December. The reason was to see. Singer Frank Sinatra perform. However, the real reason was to discuss mob business with Luciano in attendance. <coughs> the three topics of business: the heroin trade, Cuba, Grant, Cuban, Grant, uh, Cuban gambling, and what to do about Bugsy Siegel in the uh, foundering, in the foundering uh, flamingo hotel project in Las Vegas. See, because at the time. Bugsy was trying to get that going and he spent too much money and he didn't pay them back any of the money, so they killed his ass. So they had that to deal with too. So on October 20th, during the uh, meeting, Luciano had a private meeting with Vito Vito Genovese in Luciano's hotel suit. In 1945, Genovese had been returned, he returned from Italy to New York to face trial for a murder in 1934. However, June 46 charges dismissed of uh, Giovanni's was free to return to mob business. Unlike Castello, Luciano never trusted uh, Genovese. The meeting, Genovese, uh in the meeting, Genovese tried to convince Luciano to become a tutulier boss of all bosses, and he let. Uh, Genevieve's, uh no, he's not going to do that and he calmly rejected it. Which means is he was only the boss of the bosses in the United States. He ran that. But this guy wanted him to be the boss of everybody in the world and that guy's like, "Nope, I ain't doing it. Smart move, Lucky. Soon after that, the Havana Convention began. The U.S. government learned about Luciano in Cuba. Luciano... Had publicly, frequently with St. Chiro, as well as visiting numerous nightclubs, so his presence was not no was no secret in Havana. The U.S. restarted putting uh, started putting pressure on Cuban government to ex- uh, expel him, and on February twenty-fourth of nineteen forty-seven, the U.S. narcotics co- Custom agent Harry J. Aeslinger notified the Cuban government that the United States would block a shipment or stop all shipments to there if Lucky Luciano wasn't uh, expelled. So they got him out of the country and they started getting stuff back again basically. Yeah. And I think I might just chill right there with that. And I hope y'all enjoyed that little bit. Yeah, we'll cut off right there after the Havana meetings and we'll get back to it. Because we're kind of getting closer and closer to his death. But I hope y'all are enjoying that. I didn't realize it was so long. And I'm not a very good reader. As you could tell. I'm sorry. That was so mean. Sorry, guys. I had to get a drink. All right. Let me get my stuff ready for the uh, next little segment of the show, guys. Alright, I got my notes and everything ready, guys. We're going to do a little back in history. Mm, Excuse me. We're going to go to 1967. Alright, 1967. The top music songs of the year was To Sir With Love from Lulu The Letter The Box Tops Ode to Billy Joe Bobby Gentry Wendy The Assassins I'm a Believer The Monkees Light My Fire The Doors, Something Stupid, Frank and uh, Nancy, Happy Together, The Turtles. I know y'all know that one. So, Happy Together. Imagine me and you and you and me, no matter how we cut the dice. Yeah, Yeah, y'all remember that one. And number 10 is Can't Take My Eyes Off You by Frank Valley. Can't take my eyes off of you. You're just too good to be true. Alright, that was the top songs of 1967. The top movies from 1967. These are all starting from 1 to 10. So, okay, number one, the best movie of 67 was In the Heat of the Night. Bonnie and Clyde, The Dirty Dozen, Cool Hand Luke, You Only Live Twice, I believe that one's a James Bond flick, uh, The Graduate, The War Wagon, I remember that one as a kid, Uh, well I mean I wasn't alive in 67, but my mother watched a lot of westerns. Number eight is Dr. Doolittle. See, I tried to tell everybody that was a remake and nobody fucking believed me. But this is proof. Dr. Doolittle was a remake, guys. Number nine was In Like Flint. And number ten is Homebra. Hmm. Pretty weird. All right. The top cars of 67... Of course going one this one's going one to like six I think or seven. Anyways first one is the Chevrolet Impala the Ford Galaxy the Chevrolet Fury and the Ford Fairlane the Pontiac Lam- Lamit or Leman the Pontiac Lemans the Chevy Camaro and the Ford Mustang. Yeah, that was your top uh that was your top stuff there, mates. It would have been kind of cool to live back then cuz that was a, a lot a lot happened that year, and I'll talk about that. All right, the cost of living in 1967 Was okay. Here we go with the uh, the cost of living. The average uh, income per household in nineteen sixty seven was seven thousand three hundred and six dollars a year. A house back then cost fourteen thousand four hundred and twenty five dollars. A brand new car was anywhere from two thousand seven hundred and twenty-four bucks to, you know, if you really wanted to spend the money, four to five grand. So pretty, pretty cool. Rent was hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. College a year only cost about two to three thousand dollars uh, I think that was a year. God damn, college was even expensive back then and movies going to the movies cost a dollar 25 and gas was 33 cents and stamps were 5 cents that's crazy shit i'm going to do something real quick how's that i like that better i think i do I just don't think. Oops, I hit the wrong thing there. Sorry, chaps. Alright, I had to switch something. I hope that sounds a little better, guys. A little better. I hope it does. Now we're going to talk about the culture of the year. First off, there is a big. Big culture shock that went on that year because you had uh, basically the uh, the god dang it what they call the kids that were all born uh, after World War II. Um, anyways, uh, those ch- those chids, the baby boomers, I think. They was becoming teenagers and stuff then because a lot of these babies were born, of course, after the war. Hmm. So, that puts them in the 60s, especially that part, in their teen years. Uh, And it was a big culture shock because you had the old way of, uh, you know, living was kind of getting pushed to the side. And it's new culture shock of free love, free speech. I mean, we've always had free speech, but we never have. I know that don't make sense, but the free speech uh, voting uh oh race was a big uh, was the racial movement was even big back then um so you had a lot of elements all diving in and different parties and stuff all chiming in to try to uh change the world and with um you know kind of change the world and change everything because i mean. I mean, there's always going to be change, people. I mean, you can live your life this way, and it'll stay that way for a while, but if you've watched history or even paid attention to it, it changes. So the for, the format of living and all that was changing, and everybody was just, you know, all peace, love, and trying to... And then, and too, at the time, the uh, war in Vietnam was kind of kicking up. We had already, at the time... 4,700 4,700 Excuse me 4,070 4,075 4 Anyways, we had 400,000 men already over there in Vietnam 475,000 men to be exact That's what I was trying to fucking say God Anyways We, all, we was already starting to deploy men over there So we was protesting about that And then equal rights, you know, the protesting about, I mean, there was still the racial stuff going on, even in the 60s, even, you know, pretty bad. So you had that, that was in the brewing pot. It was just a big brewing pot of change for everything, you know. And it did, I mean, uh, look at the, I mean, look how the songs even changed the way, you know, they kind of opened the door. Sang more songs about drinking and uh, having sex and stuff. That's was forbidden. That was that damn rock and roll, you know. But you know, I've always uh, thought it was funny though. Country music, you know, if you listen to it, it back in the day, it was all get drunk and uh, have fun with your wife or girlfriend or go cheating on her. But that was okay back then. But then when rock started coming and they was like more in your face about it. But, too, you know, I will say the country is more settled about it. But now there's nothing settled. They're like, hey, put your pants down. Give me that booger. Yeah, there's nothing romantic about it. But, yeah, it was a big, big year for that. And, you know, a lot of people might not know this and think that the summer of love was 69. No, you're wrong. It wasn't. The Summer of Love was 67 and why it was called that because the Summer of Love started in uh, Ashbury Park in uh, San Francisco. And it was a three month event Um, that was nothing. Basically, at first, just basically get together, party, free sex, free drugs. Let's just have fun for three months. Then they started uh, having bands and stuff come in. So they're kind of one, the ones that first started like, <clears throat> I don't know what you'd call it. Um, these big uh, cards now where you'll have like two or three day um, festival of music. They kind of started it with doing that. And their first uh, one, the first one was called the uh, Monterio uh, Pop, Festi- Pop Festival. Because if you remember right can't remember which year it was but they was doing it one year and a hell's angel who was a security guard for the hills for the hills a security guard was the a guy from the hills gates were the security guards for the rolling stones and it got out of hand and i think one of the the uh um, hell's gate got Hell's angels guys stabbed some guy but yeah a lot went on that year. It was a very um, boiling year, but it was pretty crazy, you know. I just, It's just the whole Vietnam and just everything back then, it just all came to a crush because I feel like we have never should have been in Vietnam, but that's for another time. I feel it was a stupid idea to go there and think that we could fight the war like we did, you know. I mean, it was retarded. But, you know, too. I guess if I'd been called, I would have had to go. But, hey, we live in a time there where people don't draft anymore. But I hope you all enjoyed that. That was a 1967, which was a fun year, but I wasn't there living in it. But, you know, if any of you, uh, our older listeners have some, uh, you know, I don't know, some stories or something from the 60s, 67 when they was a kid, Something they did when they was a teenager, or you, you, you know, you and your buddies did something dumb. Because I know how young men are—we're young, dumb, and full of cum. Or, as I say around the kids, uh, he's still full of piss and vinegar. Okay. Now, my fine friends. <sighs> Let's go with some of the worst Father's Day gifts, guys. All right, I'm making you this list so you know what not to get your Faja. Okay, here are some uh, good ideas of what not to get your father this year, guys. Gonna go with uh, start with number ten and work my way down to number one. Okay, number ten: novelty clothing. This includes. You know, ties especially and all the other kind of cool stuff that you uh, give your fathers. Number nine, world's greatest dad stuff. It's cool, it's fine, but I don't know. It seems like sometimes there's no thought. But hey, it's just the present that matters. Not trying to sound like a dick. Uh, Number eight, barbecue aprons. Yeah, I can see. I'm the kind of guy. I don't use an apron when I'm cooking, so... Uh, number seven, the potty putter. Hmm. Yeah, if your uh, dad's a big golf fan, he would love that. He could work on his uh putting while he's in the commode. You know, dropping the old deuces. He can be sitting in there practicing his stroke, practicing. Then we got number six, useless gadgets. You know, stuff that you might pick up at the uh. Gas station, when you're sitting there late at night, you're like, hey, that looks cool. Or you're at Walmart waiting in line. You're like, hey, this is all the stuff they say that's just sold on TV. Come on. Yeah, nothing like that. And number five, the singing fish. I think we've wore that singing fish out, guys. I really do. I think we need to retire, this son of a bitch. Yeah, because I still got the one I got from when Lexi was, I don't know, four or five hanging up on my wall it don't work anymore but i still got it okay number four car accessories yeah we're not too big with the car accessories i mean they're cool they're fine but hey number three gifts you bought for yourself but you get you know you know what i mean it's like hey I'm going to go get him tickets to a baseball game. The Rangers are playing such and such, and I want to see that team. I'll go ahead and invite him since it's Father's Day. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't do that shit. If you want to buy him something like that, buy it because you want to hang out with him. Number two, personal hygiene products. Yeah, don't be uh, buying your dad no uh, landscape, you know, or manscape products. Uh, Yeah. Let let the let the guys get their hygiene stuff. Excuse me, I've got the hiccups pretty bad. Coffee's kicking my booty. And number one, no artificial no artificial bladders. You know them things you drink out of. Unless your father is one that does go hiking a lot and all that, then that's acceptable. That's fine. I will accept that answer. But if you don't, why buy one? Okay, just a. Uh, just some of my little stuff out there to help you guys out. I hope you enjoyed that, but I hope everybody does have a good father day Father's Day coming up. It's not this weekend but it's uh I believe the next one. That's another thing I wonder if I've always wondered if they celebrate Father's Day if it's a world uh thing or just you know America. Oh, my gosh, the tutti Fruits. Uh. Okay. Well, guys, <clears throat> this is the part of the show where I just blab, blab, blab and tell you what I think about today's topics and all that stuff. But today, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to, uh, tone it way down a bit, guys, and, uh, Let's talk about a little bit of love Let's talk about a little bit of love In your fellow man and your fellow woman We've lost a lot of good people This past year Due to sickness Due to people not wanting to be friends Because of politic views Not wanting to be friends Because they see stuff different We need to forget all of that Jibber jabber my friends And come down to Brother Booth's corner Listen to me. Follow ship with me. I want you, right now, right now, while you're driving, at work or anything, just reach out. Reach out. Put your hand on that on that earphone. Feel my hand. It's on the microphone right now. I, w- I want everybody to feel that's with me today, everybody. I want everybody that for the love and the power that Brother Booth is giving you right now. I want you to feel its loveness and its warmth. I want you to get that nasty old dirty hate out of your heart. I want you to be cool like a fool, baby. Get down. Have some fun. Don't be so serious all the time. Be a little bit easy on everybody. Don't be such a douchebag, man. It's brother love. I take life so easy, guys. It's brother booth, not brother love. That's a different guy. But it's Brother Booth, guys. I'm just trying to share the love here. We got too much hate going on right now. So if you will, just put your hand on that mic. Uh, I'm putting my hand on the microphone. And you put your hand on your earphone. On the speaker in your car. On the speaker at your dashboard. Help me spread the love with Brother Booth today, everybody. Mmm, mmm, mmm. It's a nice sunny day. It's going to be a good summer. There shouldn't be all of this hating and punching going on and rioting and people getting all mad. We've had enough of all that. Let's all relax and be clack, baby. Let's just be clack-a-lacking all day long. Let's have some love and slow it down. Okay, guys, let's not be dickheads to everybody. But just feel the love I'm offering everybody right here right now. If you can do that back to me. I would surely appreciate it, guys. I'm grabbing the microphone. I can already feel the love coming in from you guys. This is amazing. But you guys, I do appreciate you guys listening to my show. I appreciate you guys doing what all y'all do for me. All the subscribe buttons you hit, the download buttons, the five-star reviews y'all are giving me. <laughs> I really love doing this show for you guys, and I hope it's entertaining for you, and I hope it don't make it too dumb or stupid, kind of like you just did with that little bit. But, um, yeah, man. Y'all listen to us. We're everywhere. Spotify, I mean, uh Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. We even got our YouTube channel going up. Everything's caught up. Check it out. You can see my ugly mug. See some behind-the-scenes shit, probably. But you guys check us out. I'm so glad y'all are a part of the... uh borderline texas uh mafia yeah it's borderline texas mafia baby i'm glad y'all are all part of the clique. i'm glad y'all keep listening and you're getting my uh, numbers up and i appreciate it but you guys tell your friends about me in canada thank you for downloading more and more every day i really love you guys and uh hey just for that i think i might learn uh some canadian culture or some history for you guys and Say, hey, look what I learned. Because that's pretty cool. That does That's what makes it feel good is when people in other countries are downloading my stuff and listening to it. You know, I'm just a little old guy from Wells, Texas. Little country boy doing my podcast, doing what I love to do. But yeah, guys, it's been good. It's been real. I hope I ain't made it too corny for you. I'm going to try to make it more funnier and better, 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 better. But ooh yeah. This has been Borderline Take This Trash, baby. And this has been the most recognizable voice and podcast in the day. This is your good old friend, Uncle Boo. We're going to get funky like a monkey down here. Gonna have to get funky with a monkey and chug on some collard greens, baby, all night long. Saturday night, baby. Stargate. Mmm. I'm coming to whip your ass. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I just like doing my imitations of wrestlers. I know they probably suck. But hey, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around. And there's still more to come. I'm not going anywhere. I never will. So let's. Uh, can't wait to do episode 100. 100. <laughs> but I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the show. And I will holler at you, cool cats, later. Bye.